Hey everyone, welcome to Hub City Church. We are ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. If you want more information about Hub City Church, find us online at thehubcitychurch.com connect and fill out our digital connect card. Now let's dive into this week's message. That's right. We are talking about Christmas lights and the scripture we're going to look at together today comes out of Revelation 21 verses 22 through 27. So let's look at these verses together um, and let's see what we've got. Revelation 21 verse 22. I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need for sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nations will Walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anything will anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That is Revelation 21, uh, verses 22 through 27. And this series is guiding us through some of these, uh, these ideas about Christmas and lights. And as we look at the sim- symbolism of lights, I want to break it down for us each week of what does that represent, right? It is not just a one-layered kind of image for us. There's multi-facets to it. In the first week, we talked about Jesus is the light, and this idea that the light of God represents the identity of his divinity and his purity and his authority, right? It, it represents his identity. And this morning or this evening or whenever you're watching today, we want to focus on this idea of uh, light is eternal, As we look at some scriptures and look at this, we see that there is a facet to light that is everlasting. It is eternal. And as we talk about eternal light, we're seeing the eternity linked with light. That's why we're talking in Revelation for just a moment. As dark and as depressing as Revelation and the end of times and the apocalypse all come together with Christmas and lights, and you're wondering, like, where's the connection, Sean? You think about it even in pop culture, right? We see light linked with our eternity as you see these cartoon characters and they're what are they yelling at them right as they say stay out of the light don't go to the light and they kind of picture all of time and eternity in heaven is represented by this light at the end of the tunnel and death you're passing into this light right this idea we see this represented in pop culture and in the cartoon worlds and all of that well in scripture The kingdom of God is represented by light as well, and it is representing this eternal nature of light, that light doesn't go out. It is ongoing. It is forever. It is eternal. It is everlasting. And as we look at this, we're taking a moment to explore this idea that light of eternity needs to break through to to darken or to brighten up our dark moments of today. We need to allow, let me say it a different way, we need to allow the light of eternity to shine onto today's momentary darkness. That's what today is all about. 
as we take time to stop and think about this perfect eternity, and we're going to see this in this text in Revelation that we just read, we see this perfection and this beautiful imagery of light and eternity in the kingdom of God and paradise and heaven and this idea of what it's going to be like. And we need to allow that to break through the darkness of today to give us something to look forward to. We have to look forward to something. We need something to shine bright during a dark moment. It is that light that we will then follow and it will guide us and direct us during a dark moment of today. Very symbolic or representative of this would be uh, back during the days of slavery and the Underground Railroad as uh, someone like Harriet Tubman would lead enslaved individuals or people's uh, from the south up to the north. And what would they do? They would travel this dark path at night, going from house to house and underground and in these tunnels and all of this way that they're navigating, all to do what? To get to freedom. But they didn't have maps and they didn't have you know, uh, the ability to read and there weren't road signs pointing them in the direction. They didn't have a compass in the same way that we would today. So how did they get there? And, and it is believed that they would use their north star. Picture that in, in the depth of that darkness as they're traveling and navigating the, the just rough and tumble countryside and escaping from their slavery towards freedom. And the thing that is guiding them is this twinkling little light in the sky that is pointing them towards north. That is the light that would guide them, and they would use that as that directional guide towards freedom. And today, as we're talking about this idea of eternity breaking through into our dark moments, it is important for us to see that you and I need something that will guide us and something that will give us hope and something that will propel us forward because we're going to encounter some dark moments in our everyday lives and through different seasons that we are going through, and we need a light to propel us. We need a light to guide us. We need a light that gives us hope. And that light is not just something for today. That light is our eternity that we are promised because of Jesus. Jesus came to earth to offer us an eternity in the presence of God forever. And it is beautiful and is perfect and it is unlimited and it is light. And that is what we're talking about. This passage of Revelation gives us a glimpse of the perfection that we see of what heaven can be like. Look at Revelation 20, verse 22. It says that, I saw no temple. This is the Apostle John writing about what he had envisioned. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. There's no temple in God's paradise, in eternity. There is no temple in what we have to look forward to. And, and that was that was quite audacious to, to, to think about back in its day because in ancient times, the temple was the central meeting point. It was central to the city and the geography. It was central to this is where we believe God would meet with people. They would go to the temple to worship. They would go to the temple to offer sacrifices. The temple was geographically positioned to be central in the city of Jerusalem. It was significant. This is where God's presence and his glory was. And what God is telling John to tell us is what? God's presence is not contained to a sanctuary or to a location or to a building or to a temple or to a geography. That God's presence is now among his people. This is radical. 
This also lines up with when Jesus arrives on earth as this little tiny baby, one of the nicknames that he's given is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is translated as God with us. That Jesus' arrival to earth at this Christmas season that we celebrate is a, is a celebration of God's presence being with us, being with us here on earth, but also that the eternity we are looking forward to is an eternity of being in God's presence forever. Not contained to a location, not contained to a building, not limited in that way, but now unlimited presence of God. That's what Jesus promised. That's what Jesus ushered in. Verse 23 talks about it in another way as well. And we see another facet to John's picture of what eternity and this light is going to look like. And we see it in verse 23 when it says, And the city had no need for sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. There is no more darkness, right? Just as there's no more temple, there's no more darkness. There's no more nighttime. That God's presence is pictured as this everlasting light that isn't going to be extinguished. It's not going to go out. It doesn't turn off. There's no shadowy parts in heaven. There's no dark parts in heaven. There's no dark moments in heaven. There are no shadowy parts in heaven, right? It is just the glory of God, and it is bright, and it is magnificent, and there is no need for some earthly light, no sun, no moon, no stars. Why? Because God's presence is not contained to a building. It is all present right there with his people. And what is happening is the glory of God is so vividly bright, there's no need for anything else. When Moses meets with God, he encounters a bright light. When Jesus goes up in the transfiguration on the mountain, he is shown as this bright light. The presence of God is so bright in our eternity that we are promised that what happens? We just we are encompassed by this bright, everlasting light. Isaiah 60 says it like this in verse 19. It says, No longer will you need the sun, and the sun to shine by day or the moon to give its light by night. Sounds very familiar to John's writings, doesn't it? For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Very similar to what John is saying in Revelation is that God and his presence are forever our, our light. It is no more darkness. It is everlasting. It is eternal. It will not be extinguished. That's the picture that John is painting for us about what eternity can look like and will look like. Then he goes on to give us another facet to this. In verse 25, he says that its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. And in that ancient times, at the end of the night, or the end of the, excuse me, the end of the day, as the night was beginning, what would they do? They would shut the city gates, and they would do that to protect the people of the city from intruders and from outsiders and from enemies that would try to come in. And so they would close off the gates and they'd batten down the hatches, right? And we do this tonight. We do, we do this every night. What do we do right before bed? We make sure our doors are locked. We, we click our little key fob on our car door so we see our lights blink and say, yep, the car is locked. Yep, the front door is locked, right? We do this every night. Why? Because we want to keep intruders out. Because we want to keep, you know, we want to keep outsiders out of our house. There was a time in which we didn't have locks on our gates here at the church and at our house. And our ring cameras were actually picking up people at three in the morning would come through the gate and go hang out in the church playground. 
And, and we couldn't see exactly what they were doing based on the camera angle, and we've since adjusted that. But we couldn't see what they were doing. But at 3, at three in the morning, in the, in the darkness of night, they're hanging out on the playground. I doubt they're going on a slide and going on a swing. And so what we did is we put locks on those gates. Why? Because we want to keep those things out. Well, John is saying in Revelation 21, verse 25, that heaven, eternity, has no need to shut any gates because there is no night. There is no shadowy spots. There is no darkness. And with that, it's not just that there's no nighttime and no time to get into trouble. There is no trouble. There's nothing to keep out. There is this imagery of perfection, of purity, of goodness. There's no corruption in our eternity. There is no evil in that eternity. And we see this not just in verse 25 when he says there's nothing to keep out, and there's no need to close the gates, right? But in verse 27 when he says nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty. Again, reiterating that God's kingdom is going to be holy. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week and that light can represent the holiness of God and the purity of God. But this this eternity that we're seeing, that light represents the eternity of God and, and the eternal kingdom of God. Well, there is nothing impure, evil, dark, wrong, corrupt, broken with the eternity and the kingdom of God. Light represents the holiness of his presence. And no one and no th- nothing and no one is going to be allowed into that. Because it is pure, it is good, it is holy. And then lastly, the last facet of this picture that that John paints for us comes in verse 24, and then at the end in 26 and 27. It says, The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And what John is painting a a picture of is now he's showing you who's going to be in that eternity. Who's going to spend all of time in the presence of God in heaven? Who's going to be in this eternal light, this everlasting light? And he paints this picture of this multifaceted, blended family of God, representing all nations and backgrounds and creeds and, and, and appearances all genders and all socioeconomic backgrounds, all education levels, because it's representing all people who are written in the book of life, who are people who have said yes to following Jesus, who have believed in Jesus. This is the family that God is building, and this is the family that will assemble for all of time, and this is the family of God that will be in the presence of God for all of time. And so John gives us this picture of eternity, characterized by peace and wholeness and God's presence, and it's good, and it's pure, and it's light, and all of this, right? And we get this, and what we see is no more temples, no more darkness, no more evil, no more corruption, no more any of that. And what we do have when we talk about the everlasting light of God and his kingdom and his presence is we get unlimited access to God. Think about it now. We might have this holy moment with God where we worship 
uh, in a song or we go on a retreat or a mission trip or we have a quiet time with Jesus or we go on this walk and, and we have this moment with God where God feels real and it's tangible and it's like, man, God was speaking to me and that was good. But even then, in the space of time and, and reality and, 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 and earth, right, Life is limited and our access to God can somewhat be limited because we still live in a broken world. God's presence is not to its fullest capacity yet because we are in this broken world that we currently live in. It's limited. There's things getting in the way. It's, it's, it's what John is getting at is that at some day you and I will be face to face with Jesus in the everlasting light of his presence and it is good and it is pure and there is nothing limiting or obstructing that experience. That's a beautiful picture for us to look forward to. That is the eternity that we are aiming for. That is the bright star that is guiding us. That is the light that we want to keep shining and allow that bright light to break through into these dark moments that you're going through right now. We have to take a moment and keep our eyes on that eternal light of what John is picturing for us and giving this imagery of what the eternal kingdom can look like and what everlasting light looks like, what the eternity of light looks like. We have to keep that in mind because we're going through dark times today. But the promise here that I want to highlight too in, in, the, in the book of Isaiah is that the darkness you and I are going through is only temporary when compared to the light of God that is eternal, that is ongoing, that is never ending. Isaiah 60 verse 20 says it like this, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. Let's read that. There we go. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. That's a promise I think somebody just needed to hear in this time. That the darkness you're going through, the mourning you're going through, the struggle you're feeling is only temporary. And I know it feels insurmountable, and I know it feels humongous right now, and it feels like it's never ending, and it's just going to on-go forever and ever and ever. But there is truth in what Isaiah is saying is that the morning is temporary in comparison to the eternal nature of God's presence. As rough as it is right now, put that in the scope of our eternity that we are promised. Life is full of dark moments. Death and loss and divorce, broken relationships, sickness, job loss, economic uncertainty, bad businesses, you know, we have bad business moments where you're running a small company and something doesn't go right and you're just, you're anxious and you're worried, and you're overwhelmed, you're feeling darkness just begin to cloud in on that time. Maybe you're going through a time where you're feeling mistreated by somebody in your life or you're feeling a sense of injustice in this world that we live in. You're feeling lonely, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling just straight up maxed out because life is not going as you planned it to go. And Isaiah's words are meant to remind us that the mourning we experience now is going to come to an end. It is not forever. The mourning you and I are feeling right now is temporary in comparison to the scope of eternity. And we can only see that when we put our eyes on eternity. When we put our eyes on what is forever, and that is the kingdom of God, and that is the presence of God. 
That is what Jesus came to offer us. He didn't just come to relieve our temporary pains, to to brighten up our, our temporary dark spots, but to give us the promise of eternity that would propel us and, and compel us through those dark moments, through those dark seasons, through those dark times, and continue to strive towards the light and the, what does Isaiah say? The everlasting light, the unending light. That is what we're drawn to. Allow that light of eternity to shine into these momentary darknesses that we are experiencing into today's momentary darkness. And we will experience what Scripture describes as our mourning is turned to dancing. And it doesn't feel forced and and fake, but your worry will, will be overcome with a sense of peace. Your fear will be overcome with hope. And it's not manufactured doesn't feel like a facade. It is genuine because your eyes are on something eternal, not temporary. This last summer, our family uh, was navigating a dark, a dark moment, a dark time. As uh, my father was going through some health issues and concerns and had to go in for some major surgery, had to go in for, I believe, a triple bypass. And I, as his son, am processing that um, this this terrible news of, of, for my dad. And I'm thinking about my relationship with him and, and, and his eternity and my eternity and all these things. I'm starting to think about that. But then I also have this facet to it where I've got to explain that to my kids. And we're going to take our kids down to go have, a, ha, have time with Papa. And we're going to talk with him and be with him. We're going we're gonna to pray with him. And we don't normally pray with Papa, but what are we going to say and, and how are we going to go about this? And we believe in the power of prayer because we believe that Jesus can heal. And so we're going to lay hands on him and we're going to pray for him. And I had to figure out how do I, how do I navigate this? How do I talk about this with my kids? How do I talk about this with my dad? How do I navigate this as a person, as a man, as a, as a, as, as a son, as a father? All of these layers of complexity. And I, I tell you what, this summer it was a, it was a very heavy and dark and difficult time to try to process through those things. And it wasn't easy, but I'll tell you what kept me going was thinking about what's eternal. What can I teach my kids about eternity in the midst of this difficult time? What can I represent to my father about eternity in this moment? What do I cling to when I don't know what the outcome is going to be, when I don't always have the right words to say to my kids? I don't know what to say to my dad. I don't know exactly how to put into words what I'm feeling. But there were moments where I had to just stop and think about, but what is forever? Pain is not forever. Sickness is not forever. I had to put my eyes on what was eternal, what was forever. And in doing so, that's what I mean. It was through prayer and journaling and those quiet times with Jesus where I was able to get a scope of eternity in the midst of a dark moment, allowing the light of eternity to shine into today's moments of darkness. Was it easy? Was it perfect? Is it all fixed and got a nice, beautiful bow on it? No. But it gave me hope. 
He gave me strength. He gave me courage. He kept me going during that time. And the New Testament authors understood that Jesus was the only way that we could truly understand and experience that everlasting light. You see, that everlasting light is not something that we earn or manufacture. It is only possible through Jesus. And so during my own dark seasons and dark times, man, I, I recognize I got to run to Jesus. I got to put my eyes on Jesus. That any of us can, can spend eternity in the presence of God forever. But it's not because of what we do and how often we go to church and what we give and how nice we are. It is through belief in Jesus that you and I have this eternity within our sights, that we have a hope for our eternity, and it's only possible because of Jesus. The New Testament authors understood this. Jesus tried to teach them this, and he understood it, and he teaches us this today. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated it illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. You see this imagery of darkness and death and sin, right? And, and, and what a, culmina- a moment of culmination when that happens on the cross. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and, and the authors describe this moment as one that is shrouded in darkness, like literal darkness, right? As, as sin and evil are, are appearing to be victorious as Jesus hang on the cross and dying, there is darkness. But as Paul writes to Timothy, he says, he broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. So all of that darkness is broken. Isaiah said that your mourning would come to an end. Paul says to Timothy, Darkness is broken. It is illuminated through the gospel. Jesus came to illuminate a path towards life, towards freedom, towards hope, towards eternity. Jesus lights up that path. This is the way to it. No matter how dark today feels, we can know that the darkness of today can be broken by the light of the gospel. And that gospel is Jesus came to earth. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus offers you forgiveness for your sin and any separation you feel from God. You can be made right with God. He is illuminating that path for us. Illuminating, revealing, making it clear, bringing to light, lighting up a path, <laughs> right? It's like those lights in a movie theater. You know those lights I'm talking about, right? Where there's just... And they're showing you steps in a dark movie theater. Or this is the way to get out to the concession stand. Or this is the way to the exit. Now you're going to always see those lights when you go into a movie theater. But those lights are illuminating a path towards an exit or towards some seating or towards the, towards the doorway. Jesus came to earth to illuminate a path for you and I to be able to see not just, wow, how to have a better life. What he is truly illuminating is how to have eternal life, how to experience the everlasting light that Isaiah promised, how to experience the everlasting light of God's kingdom that John portrays to us in Revelation 21. The only way you and I can get in, the only way we can be written in the book of life that Revelation 21 verse 27 talked about, right? And being a part of God's family is through the gospel, 
through Jesus. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 12. I have come as a light to shine on this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. That's what Jesus declared. Jesus himself tells us that he came as a light in a dark world. He understands you are going through dark times and there is brokenness and there is sin and there is evil and there is sickness and there is heaviness in the life that we go through. But what does he say? I'll put it back up there. All who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. That's how we get into the light, is through our trust in him. He says the way to experience life is by trusting him. You put your faith in him. You say yes to following him. You put your trust in him. And we can experience the light that he has promised. We can have our name written in the book of life. We can be welcomed into his family. We can spend all of eternity in this presence of God that we've read and described today for all of eternity to have an unlimited access to the presence of God and to experience the wholeness of God and the peace of God and the joy of God and life of God in his kingdom for all of time. And faith is what secures that eternity. Faith is what brings us into that everlasting light. Nothing and no one else. Faith in Jesus. And I believe it's only when we can confidently believe that we know where we're spending our eternity that we can have hope to endure today. When you know where you're spending all of time, today seems doable. When I know where I'm going to spend all of time, the problems of right now don't seem impossible. I can endure that. And so we have to be people who allow the light of eternity to shine in today's moments of darkness. And you're going to feel that this week. You're going to feel heaviness. You're going to feel maxed out. You're going to feel dark. Take time this week. When you're feeling that, when you're frustrated, you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed, Take a deep breath. Tell Jesus what you're thinking. Tell Jesus how you're feeling. And put your eyes and your thoughts on what is forever. So often our eyes and our thoughts are on what's temporary. Our eyes and our thoughts are on things that in the scope of eternity really won't matter. We get overwhelmed about things that just won't matter. Oh, I'm overwhelmed because, man, oh man, my car is just having some issues with the engine. Oh, and we get overwhelmed by that. Oh, I'm overwhelmed because of this and that. And I'll tell you, I get overwhelmed and anxious and, and, and just downright beat up personally about things that just, they're temporary. Things as trivial sometimes as, fantasy football or youth sports come on repairs around a building come on those things are temporary and they have no consequence on my eternity and yet i allow them to create such a dark cloud over my life and jesus would say let's focus on what's eternal and it will change your perspective there might be also things that 
you discover that aren't just trivial. There are things that you're going to realize like, oh, we're going to get through this. We're going to navigate this. We're going to circumvent this. We're going to solve this problem. There's other times where you're going to run into things where you'll just, you'll put your focus on Jesus and what's eternal and you'll realize like, oh, that's a God problem, not a Sean problem, not a me problem. I can't solve that one. That's a God thing. And it's not that I wash my hands of it. It's that I stop trying to take control of something that's God's responsibility. I let go of that responsibility to fix that problem and just say, God, I need to trust that you got that thing figured out because you're God and I'm not. But I sometimes won't come to that conclusion and come to that point if I don't just stop and put my my focus on eternity. The light of Jesus, the light that Jesus came to bring was not just momentary light, not just temporary light. He does. There are moments where it's just, there are temporary, whoo, he's going to light up my darkness, right? There are moments where that happens, and it's, a, it, it, it's momentary, and it's temporary, and he changes my life here on earth, but, but there's a facet of this, this symbolism here that we're talking about this week, is that light represents eternity. Last week, we talked about light representing his identity. This week, light represents eternity. And that is where some of us need to be reminded. Put your eyes on what is eternal. Put your eyes on what is forever. Put your eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you want to take your next step in following Jesus, fill out the digital connect card at thehubcitychurch.com connect. We'd love to celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life.